Welcome to Reflections from the Heart, presented by Stewardship, a mission of faith. Reflections from the Heart with your host, David Abel, is an outreach of Gospel Reflection, a ministry of Stewardship, a mission of faith. For the next 30 minutes, please join David as he breaks open the bread of life in the Gospel reading for Sunday's Mass. And as the same Holy Spirit who inspired the biblical writers, inspires us today with the truths he reveals to our hearts through his word. Now, here's David with Reflections from the Heart. Welcome everyone to another session of Reflections from the Heart. My name is David Abel. Today I'm joined by Rob Longo and Tom Ferto. Welcome one and all. Good to be here, brother. Awesome, awesome. Everybody would take a moment and get their Bibles. We're going to turn to the Gospel of John, chapter 17, verses 11 through 19. But before we break open the bread of life, Rob, do you mind inviting the Holy Spirit in to see how God wants to open the eyes of our heart to see His truths? Absolutely. In the name of the Father, Father Son, Son, Holy Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Amen. Dear Heavenly Father. You are awesome. Thank you for the gift of, of the springtime. Uh, we see the beauty in your creation. And uh, just reminds us that you are always calling us uh, to, to recognize your beauty in, in the people in our lives and the situations. Help us to, to focus on your love, your light. Help us to receive it uh, each and every day to spend time with you. So to be filled with your love and your goodness and your joy, and then share that with everyone that we encounter. Thank you for the gift of your word. Thank you for the gift of the mass. And as we open up the word that we'll hear on Sunday, help us to, uh, to, to prepare our hearts to encounter you in a, in a, in a special way. Help us to be open and docile to your teaching and, uh, and just to be instruments of your love. And we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Father, Son, Father, Son Holy Spirit, Spirit. Amen. Amen. Tom, do you mind giving us a little gospel love today? Certainly. A reading from the Gospel of John. Lifting up his eyes to heaven, Jesus prayed, saying, Holy Father, keep them in your name that you have given me, so that they may be one, just as we are one. When I was with them, I protected them in your name that you gave me. And I guarded them, and none of them was lost except the son of destruction, in order that the scripture might be fulfilled. But now I am coming to you. I speak this in the world so that they may share my joy completely. I gave them your word, and the world hated them, because they do not belong to the world any more than I belong to the world. I do not ask that you take them out of the world, but that you keep them from the evil one. They do not belong to the world any more than I belong to the world. Consecrate them in the truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, so I sent them into the world. And I consecrate myself for them, so that they also may be consecrated in truth. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise Praise to you, Lord Lord Jesus Christ. Christ. Wow, what an example of our Lord. I mean, the more and more and more we break open the scriptures, the more I understand that Jesus is all about the Father, the will of the Father, what the the Father's words, it's all about the Father. So man, that that you know when he taught us how to pray, our Father. I think when we open our eyes of our heart to see that, that we can have the relationship because Jesus says it right here that they can, you know, be one as we are one. And later on, it says, I in them and you and I. It's awesome. So for me, this this oneness that the relationship of the Father and the Son, Jesus Christ, have, Jesus is inviting each and every one of us into that divine intimacy, the relationship he has with the Father. And man, I'm telling you, as a, as a precious son or a precious daughter, 
when we come to the Father who delights in us and we say, Father, will you help me with this? Father, will you teach me this? Father, will you show me that? I'm telling you, his heart lights up and he just loves to do these things in us, with us, and through us. So for me, man, I want that relationship in through and with Jesus Christ, with the Father. And the relationship is, you know, of course, is is at the heart of everything. And it's and it's easy sometimes, I think, to to lose sight of that. I think we get um, we put God at arm's length, you know, when we feel uh, disconnected. We we, we we you know we don't recall that. No, it's about an intimate relationship. The relationship that Jesus has with the Father is open to all of us, David. As you said, we have the the open hearts and the open minds. You know, there's a there's a um, there was a survey of of uh, of, uh, of folks with uh, young people, especially in regards to faith. And the term that was coined as they surveyed thousands of young people was moralistic um, therapeutic deism. Uh, sounds like a you know big fancy word, but re- essentially it was the idea that God is out there and God is watching us and God wants us to be good, and that people view God as the cosmic butler. You know, so you think about a butler, think about an old TV show. You know, you know, ring the bell. You know, James, I'd like to have some wine. Oh yes, sir. You know, and we we call the butler out to get something, ask for something, fulfill a need. You know. And and then we put them, we send them back, you know. So when when Grammy's sick, we ask God to come, you know, hey, can you do, you know, let, make Grammy okay. I want to pray for Grammy or I want to make the soccer team. So I, you know, pray to make the soccer team. And so when we need God, we pull him out. But other than that, he's at arm's length away, just kind of watching things and, and hoping that we're good. And, and we miss the relationship. We miss the intimacy that's sought when we just view God as being out there and apart from us. And um, so I think it's 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 critical that we, we reflect on these scriptures and reflect on the idea that it's about a personal relationship with the Son, which brings us to an intimate relationship with the Father, um, and, and there's so, there's so much more that's there for us than this, uh, you know, arm's length away God up there watching, and just to pull off the shelf when we need Him. And and Tom, it's so important because we hear out there so many of our evangelical brothers and sisters who are not Catholic they say, "Do you have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ?" And you know what? They're right. It starts with that. You cannot have a relationship with the Father. Because Jesus tells us right in scriptures, I am the way, the truth, and the light. I'm the only passage to the Father. When you see me, you've seen the Father. So for me, that personal relationship with Jesus Christ, it starts by jumping and delving into his word and becoming one with Christ. And then what does Jesus do? He says, now, let me show you the Father. Let me take you into that divine intimacy, the eternal exchange of love that is the Father to the Son, which is the third person, the Holy Trinity. I want you to be part of that with us. And the next, you know, the next part of this, this uh, gospel reading in John 17 is all about that they may be one, I and them, you and me. That's what Jesus wants. That, that, the end of our lives, that's the beatific vision. That's the unity we'll have for all eternity. If we give our yes, and then we live it. I underline the word consecrate. So when we first see that, it says consecrate them, you know, so us, or consecrate them in the truth. And then Jesus says, I consecrate myself for them. And the word consecrate just means set aside. That you know, if we set ourselves aside for truth, which is God, right? We're following in his footsteps, right? Because he, he has set himself aside for us. So uh, he's, he did it first. So he's, he's always taken the first move. He loves us so much. He did everything for us. And he's inviting us into that, what we're guys talking about, this, this intimate relationship where we consecrate ourselves. We set ourselves aside uh, for him and, uh, and be open, be open to the truth, be open to the truth. And sometimes when that word, you know, 
you know, he talks about the world hating us. You know, God gave us his word, uh, Jesus. And if we say yes and we live that yes and we enter into an intimate relationship, some people in our lives might not appreciate that. Um, you know, the world. So what is that to us, the people in our lives? So sometimes people might um, might push back and they push back on our Lord. But then last week we were, we were, you know, we were given that commandment to love one another as I have loved you. So how did he love all those? Jesus loved all those who hated him and persecuted him by giving up his life, the ultimate yeah. sacrifice. So he's paving the way. You know, it's just, uh, you know, you just look at kids that, that um, you know, set athletes on a pedestal, and they wear their jersey. They make their moves. They, you know, they do everything. They follow that star, right? They follow that that superstar on on the field, and they try to be just like him. And here we're Christians, right? followers of Christ. And then when we're called to, as David, you remind us often to deny ourselves, take up our cross, and follow Him. It's simple, but not easy. You know? Daily, yeah, daily, <laughs> right? So it's simple to we can memorize it, we can recite it. But it's not easy because once we do follow him, the world may hate us, and we we, we like to be, you know, accepted and yeah. So this is this is a tough one. And it's you know it's interesting because when we first read this, if we didn't have Holy Mother Church to help us understand these gospel readings, we'd go down a rabbit trail. We'd go down a wrong path. Because, man, when you look at this, well, the world hated them. Well, then, well, you know, am I to hate the world? You know, because, you know, should I hate the, the trees and the flowers and the this and the other people? No, 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 no. God created the world, and it was good. Everything God created was meant to bring us into that personal and ever-deepening intimate relationship with him. It was to point us to that heavenly reality. But if we fall prey and we put the world above God, then 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 we're in trouble. We're lost. You see, this is so clear what Jesus says here. You know, it says, I gave them your word and the world hated them because they do not belong to the world any more than I belong to the world. When you realize this isn't our home, elsewhere in Scripture, we're called sojourners. This We're just passing through. But when we attach ourselves to pieces of the world, fame, notoriety, possessions, that word possession, we look at that, we say, oh, I don't want to be possessed. But you see, that's the enemy. No, no, we need to be possessed, fully possessed. By God. We're called to love God with what? Part of our heart, part of our mind, part of our soul, part of our strength. No, no, no. All of our mind, all of our heart, all of our strength, all of our soul. God wants to fully possess us. Why? So that we become intimately involved and intimately united with that eternal exchange of love for all eternity. So the word possession is a good word when you realize who is going to possess us. God, fully and completely. Well, you know, I think all throughout Scripture, it's pretty clear that when we're living a faithful Christian life, it's clear we're going to have some trouble. <laughs> you know, it's almost like a litmus test, you know. <laughs> Is everything just easy and going along smoothly? Okay, well, then maybe we're not quite as convicted as we should be. Because um, if you're doing it right, the world's going to—you're going to have some hate from the world. Uh, you're going to—I think other places, you know, uh, Jesus says, you know, um, if, if, they, if they persecute you, you know, because you're loving me, then you're doing it right. You know, mm-hmm. if, if, if we haven't changed, if we're not forces of, of, of good in the world, if we're not bucking up against some of the things of the world, you know, we, we need to look at how we're living 
our lives. You know, I like to say when I talk to groups, I say, you know, if, if some alien race, you know, from Mars or some other planet came down here and they heard about this Christianity thing, if they looked at your life, you know, like the way a scientist would look at something objectively, they look at your life, the way you speak, look at your home, your interactions with people, your web browser, whatever it is, could they convict you? of living a Christian life? Would there be evidence there? You know, not that we do it for show, but is your life truly different? I mean, that goes back to C.S. Lewis. I mean, if our lives are not different as Christians, we're missing something. Yeah. It, 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 we should be different, um, but not in a, you know, David, as always say, not not in a, in a spiteful, miserable, condemning world way, but because of the joy, because of the peace, because of the contentment. So not a life that others would scorn, but a life that says, wow, you know, what do they have? How are they so peaceful? How are they so joyful? How are they so full of love? You know, that's what then invites others. I want some of that. Where does that come from? And then that's the perfect opportunity, you know, for us to share our faith. I have reason for my joy. I think I read that in scripture somewhere as, uh, as well. You know, um, that 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 uh, it's the Mother Teresa approach. Why are you doing this? Why are you loving me? Why are you taking care of me? Well, because Jesus loves you and so do I. Boom. You know, there it is. That's our call. Our coaches are challenging our kids to be all in, right? I'm, I'm all for sports, played them all growing up and enjoy playing them still and enjoy coaching. But I think we're missing an opportunity. You know, we have so much of an opportunity because our kids are spending hours upon hours upon hours with their sport that, especially when it's a CYO or some type of sport related to, to the church, that we need to be intentional. If we're not intentional, we're missing such an opportunity to really translate what that all in means. Like, why do you go all in for your sport? Why do you go all in and practice? Well, that's sacrifice. And what is sacrifice? You know, they, they connect the dots. And if that alien was, was plopped on our ball fields or our <laughs> practice fields in our Catholic schools, would they notice anything different? Yeah. You know, do we start with prayer? Do we end with prayer? Do we talk about virtue? Do we challenge? You know, like, what, how, how are we stewarding this, uh, this beautiful gift of sport? I mean, it's, it's beautiful that we get to play sports and participate and use our bodies that God gave us. That, but it should show, you know, it should show in, in, in how we engage in that in a different way. But even if someone, you know, that 1% or that less than 1% who makes it to the pros, what's the average pro career? Three years? Right, especially in football, you know, even if you make it, you're still in your mid twenties and done. And you're left with the lion's share of your life and the person that you've become and that uh, you know, you're the character that you formed up to that point. So even if you make it to the pros, most of your life is not gonna be as a professional athlete. All right. So how are how are we intentionally forming uh, ourselves if we're involved, the people that are involved with us in Christ through sports, through music, through theater, through everything that we do. You know, it's, it's that, that, you know, con that whole consecration is everything. When we consecrate ourselves to Jesus, especially through our blessed mother, right? God came to us mm -hmm. through Mary. We go back to him through Mary. So we consecrate ourselves to Jesus through Mary. Um, everything is set aside. Everything becomes for God's honor and glory. That's right. And I love it here. It tells us, so last week we heard God is love. This week we hear your word is truth. You see, truth and love, you can't separate. They're both Christ. When you can't deliver truth without love or you're trying to divide Christ. You can't love without truth. So to say to people, oh, no, that's okay, that's okay, that's okay, that's okay, that's not love because you're, you're devoid of truth. So you're not in the imitation likeness of Christ. But you can't deliver truth. Don't do this, don't do this, don't do this without love. So this journey we're all on to renewing us a new, you're creating us a new heart, oh Lord, you know, David's cry, 
is a journey because you know what? We have to become more and more and more formed in the image of likeness of Christ. St. Paul says, it's no longer I that live, but Christ that lives in me. Why? So that we can be those messengers of this incredible invitation by God to be united with him for all eternity. This, is, this isn't a, a trial run. This is it. And so for me, man, I gotta. I want to work every day with the Lord and say, teach me truth. Which is your word? Because you see, the world can't teach you truth. The world can only give you an opinion because the world doesn't know truth unless the world knows the word because the word is Christ. The word became flesh. Mm -hmm. So for me, thank you, Lord, for giving us this pillar of truth. Because why? The Bible, sacred scriptures, is our blueprint in how to get home. So, man, I don't want to miss the boat. I don't want to miss the mark. I think they call that sin, S-I-N, to miss the mark. So for me, I don't want to do that. I want to live my life, share it with the children, everybody that I meet, share it through my actions, those actions of love, those divine appointments, those God moments. It's awesome. You know, we're talking about sports. Of course, we just went through the, you know, the NFL draft, and that was, you know, big news and who gets picked, what round, what team, et cetera. And you know, as you think about your analogy, here, I'm going, you know, what we were all drafted in the first round. You know, <laughs> we're, we're all first round picks. You know, the Father says, you, you know, you are each one of us individually, you're number one. You know, I want you on the team. You know, and so yeah, let's celebrate that. Let's work hard. Let's do everything we can. You know, to stay on the team. We talked about that about two weeks ago, right? To remain in my love and to mm-hmm. follow my commandments and the and David, you know, you mentioned the, the 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 moral teachings, you know, and the blueprint of the of the gospel. Again, it, it's 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 a way. It, it gives us context for the relationship with the Father. These are things that aren't going to keep me close to Him. These are things that are going to help me in, in my in my faith journey. And that that moral life in this day and age, the rise of moral relativism and the rise of just you know, well, it's okay. No. You know, no, there's, 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 that's not, that's not the message, uh, you know, of, of Christ. Yes, I forgive you. Yes, I'm not going to condemn you, but go and sin no more. I think I remember that pretty clearly, yeah. but we forget that part. You know, we like the, well, it's okay, I'm forgiven. Yes, you can be forgiven of everything, and there's no one who has gone so far down any road that they can't come home. But our calling then is to live a moral life. Um, and can we help others with their moral life? Absolutely. But uh, David, as you said again, you know, that, that truth in charity, that um, condemnation or, or, or throwing, you know, moral absolutes at people without a pure heart, that it's done out of love. Love and, and out of helping to helping people to understand and have those open eyes to seek uh, the Father, then um, we're, we're missing the boat. And it will not it will not convict people's hearts. Mere condemnation without love will not convict people's no. hearts. Um, and then, but then touchy feely, you know, love without truth um, does no better because it gives a false sense then mm-hmm. um, that that everything is okay. God accepts everyone who was willing to listen with an open heart and open mind and, and abide and repent. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's the, it's, it's a full formula, not just one piece of it. And there's a key word also, Tom, which is, which is freeing for me because we're commanded to love. There's no ifs, there's no ands, there's no buts, there's no gray water. We're commanded to love. And Christ even goes so far as to say, love your friends. Uh-uh. That's, that, what, what recompense is there to that? I want you to love your enemies. So we're commanded to love. But here's the freedom. We're commanded also not to judge. Not to judge. So whenever we put our shoes on and decide that we're going to play God that day and judge people, and then we go to condemn people, stop it. 
because it's through love. Love conquers all. Now, ask me, ask me my ask me the truth. I'm going to tell you the truth. I'm not going to lie to you. You give me permission, I will share the truth with you. But but you're going to ask me for my my that truth when they first see that you care and that you love. Mm-hmm. Then they're going to want to know what's your thoughts on this. And my thoughts really are grounded in scripture. Well, let me show you where my heart's at. So it's beautiful, but it's a journey. It's a journey for each of us. That's why we got to stay in the Word. We have to. And a lot of it comes down to obedience, too. You know, the, the first line here, Holy Father, keep them in your name that you have given me so that they may be one just as we are one. Our Lord Jesus here, this is his last prayer to the Father, and he's praying for unity. He's praying for unity. And, um, uh, you know, a big part of that is obedience. I was just listening to uh, a talk about Martin Luther. And, you know, got to that, that point where he was in front of, you know, the church leadership and he's saying, no, you know, you're wrong. It's, it's you know, sola scripta, it's the scripture alone. I stand on scripture. And unless scripture convicts me, then I'm not going to be convicted. And they're like, no, that's not how it is. So in that moment, it was, okay, either I say, all right, and I'm obedient to the, you know, hundreds and hundreds of years or no. I do it my way. And unfortunately, he chose, no, I do it my way. And even in his own life, he looked back, according to this, his talk, according, you know, his own words, they were quoting that he saw people that he led going against him and his teachings to start their own church, to start the next church. And it went from one split to 10 to hundreds to thousands to tens of thousands, because when there's no authority, there's really no chance for unity Right, because everybody can just, right. you know, just put forth their own interpretation. So, uh, you know, we have to link up with this prayer that Jesus is praying that we are all one, that Absolutely. we are all one, and led by love, um, that they see us, uh, you know, as 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 welcoming, as as Christ bearers, and uh, and we bring the family together again for our Lord. And you know, when Martin Luther made that statement and made that stand, he was naming himself Pope. He was the head of his church. So he was leaving the church and the lineage that God's given us since the beginning of Peter. And he said, nope, I decide. I choose. So he was naming himself as the head of his church. And then as time goes on, well, if it was good enough for Martin Luther, it's good enough for Zellweg and everybody else, you know, and and, and and on down through history to where today we have 40,000 different denominations. Well, no, wait a minute. Jesus said that they may be one. Well, the reality is we have one head. The good news is the Catholic Church's teaching is that all baptized Christians, Trinitarian baptized, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, are members of that one body of Christ. So that's the beauty. We're all brothers and sisters in Christ with one head. But we share the truth biblically of our Catholic beliefs, not only share them biblically because they're all found in sacred scripture, but then also share personally how each one of those beliefs in Mary, in the communion of saints, in confession, all of it brings us into not just a personal, but an ever-deepening, intimate relationship with the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. When you're able to do that biblically, I guarantee you, your brothers and sisters may not agree, but they're going to listen because it's the Word of God. And so, so for me, 
The more we break open the Word of God, the more we consume it every day, you know, the more we will become transformed by it. Yeah. And I think, you know, you bring up a big, a good point there. I think it's important for us, you know, uh, to know our faith and to know what we believe and why we believe it. You know, I think some of the, some of the damage in the body of Christ is when, you know, there's, there's differences in theology, but we don't know how to, to answer a question or how to explain it, you know, especially as Catholics, you know, when someone says, well, why do you worship Mary? And then someone tries to explain why we worship Mary, as opposed to saying, well, hold on, you know, let me tell you about uh, Latria, Dulia, and Hyperdulia, you know, some theological terms and talk about, no, in fact, it's not worship of Mary and, and can explain these types of things. So our, 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 our lack of knowledge of our faith, whether it's, you know, evangelizing someone for the first time who's not a believer, our knowledge of Christ, or within the body of Christ, between different denominations, when we can't explain, you know, with truth and charity why there's a particular belief. Because again, when people, I have found in my, in, in my lifetime, when people come with honest questions, and you can have an honest dialogue, even if people aren't, you know, convicted, but at least there's, there's open and honest dialogue. And so it's important for us to know our faith. And in this day and age, there's so many resources out there, I mean, the books and videos and websites. It's not like, you know, 40 years ago, why do you believe that? Well, because Father said. I mean, you know, you, know, <laughs> you, didn't, you didn't have resources, but, there, but there's resources out there. And as you said, David, resources that that take, that walk parallel with Scripture yeah. and show that show the 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 underpinning, uh, the, the underpinning uh, uh, scriptural verses, uh, et cetera, that, that illuminate our faith. So for all of our listeners, I mean, in this day and age, absolutely know your faith, know how to explain things, because when that question comes, when God presents that opportunity of someone there in front of you, well, why this? You want to be able to speak honestly and openly with some knowledge and confidence. And of course, as we know our faith more, our intimacy increases because we understand fuller and we appreciate fuller what we believe and why we believe it. But the key to that growth, Tom, also is this. We can have all that Catholicism head knowledge, but if it don't go to the heart, which is love, we deliver a message that is a sounding gong that's yeah. hollow. It doesn't pierce the heart. So you can get all the head knowledge of Catholicism, of the Bible. You can quote verses and scriptures and blah. But if it doesn't pierce the heart and become your personal conviction, if it's not shared out of love, you'll drive people away. So for me, man, to learn that faith and then ask the Lord to pierce my heart and create in me a new heart and then with that creation, renew my mind so that from the wellspring of my heart, that beautiful truth is shared without condemnation. Because when I, and I'm my conversion event, the Lord put in my heart as be an instrument in the healing of the one body of Christ, not an obstacle. To share with love and humility how he brought me into not just a personal relationship, but an ever-deepening intimate one in, with, and through my Catholic faith. And you know what? I've watched the Lord do that again and again. God bless each and every one of you. Let's bring more to Christ. Bye-bye. Reflections from the Heart has been presented by Stewardship, a Mission of Faith. We hope that you've been blessed and encouraged as you listen to Reflections from the Heart. If so, you might consider participating in a Gospel Reflection Group. For information on locations and times of Gospel Reflection Groups, or how to start a Gospel Reflection Group in your area, please visit our website at stewardshipmission.org and click on Gospel Reflection Groups or call us at 
1-800-242-0100. Stewardship, a mission of faith, is a 501c3 nonprofit organization and depends on donations from people like you to make Reflections from the Heart possible. If you enjoyed this broadcast, please prayerfully consider making a tax-deductible donation by visiting our website or calling us at 717-367-0100. On behalf of David and the staff here at Stewardship, a Mission of Faith, thank you for listening. And until next time, may God bless, protect, and guide you on your journey home to Him. Thank you.